It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Columns Hotel. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. The next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just four of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in the New Orleans area, and you'll get to hear some live music at the end of the show. You might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already. So let's get right on with doing nothing but enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together. My special guests sitting around the table here at the Collins Hotel from left to right are Kathleen Turpel and Alessia Lepanto. How about that? Hello. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Kathleen and Alessia are restaurateurs. They own Nona Mia. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. I, it, an Italian restaurant on Esplanade Avenue in Mid-City. Alessia knows a thing or two about Italian food, as she is, in fact, Italian. Yes, <laughs> yes. I know. Kathleen and Alessia met as avatars, apparently, online in the alternative reality virtual world Second Life. In the real world, Kathleen flew to Italy to meet Alessia, fell in love, and dragged her back to Mid-City, New Orleans. Now, what a romantic story, isn't it? It is. Yes. We get to hear some more of that in just a minute. Ben Sandmau is the author of the new book, Ernie Cato, the R&B Emperor of New Orleans, a fascinating biography of one of New Orleans' most bizarre and colorful characters, much like Ben himself. Ben is a Grammy-nominated record producer and a musician for his work with the Cajun band, the Hackberry Ramblers. He produces the Allison Minor Music Heritage Stage at Jazz Fest and is a freelance journalist who played a major role with on-the-ground reporting of both Hurricane Katrina and the BP oil spill. All correct, Ben Sanmo. Mm, yeah. More or less. More or less. I would say so. Well, yeah, no, no, you're right. You're I am right. right. Thank I just, you. I just remembered something. So, okay. yes. <laughs> yes. Our music guest today is Judy Spellman, who is a gospel and jazz singer. Judy is also the daughter of famous 60s New Orleans entertainer Benny Spellman who, along with his own hits, Lipstick Traces and Fortune Teller, provided the signature big bass voice for Ernie Cato's hit, Mother-in-Law. Yes. Isn't that yeah. a bizarre coincidence that you both end up on the and same we're sitting, show? we're sitting next to each other. Incredible. It's a total coincidence because both of you guys are booked by completely different producers my, for the show. My, my. But we have been in touch by you, phone and you email. You must. You've yes. never actually met in person I don't before. think we've met face-to-face yet. Wow. Well, but let we, me tell you some more about Judy. Judy is based in New Orleans and tours around the U.S., Canada, and Europe with her band Spellman & Company. Yes. And she's brought with her today her fabulously handsome guitarist, Josh Starkman. Now, that's a good-looking guitar player, isn't it? And sitting on the piano, <laughs> sitting on the piano over in the corner is the fantastic, fabulous, gorgeous, and always charming Mitch Foreman. Or isn't hey, he there? Hey, Grant. How are you doing? There you are, Mitch. I was wondering where you've gone today. How are you? Oh, very well. It's been very two well. weeks since I spoke to you because you were off playing music for the, for the church, I believe, for a gospel show, right? I was doing, yes, a big convention, and uh, then I was, I think I had a recording session the other week, and... Who were, who were some of the gospel singers on the... Were the was it a gospel show you were doing? Uh, it was a little bit of a gospel, but the, the, probably the biggest name was Nikki Harris. Do you know her, Judy? No, actually, I don't know the name, but I Nikki may know Harris, the voice. You know, she sang uh, backgrounds for Madonna. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's not really gospel as such. <laughs> no, not, not exactly gospel. Yeah. So, so Depends ben, what church you're in. Kathleen, really? Do you go to church, Kathleen? Um, the Church of Madonna, yeah. Yes. The Church of Madonna, Madonna yeah. Really? Which Madonna are we talking about? The actual, the Jesus one? I go to all churches, especially Madonna. If you go to all churches at the same time, you are very religious. That would make you omnipresent. I'll take that. What about Church's Fried Chicken? That's gone, isn't it? Well. Is there still a Church's Fried Chicken in New Orleans? Well, conceptually, maybe. (laughs) It's all conceptual, isn't it? I think there's one on Melfamine right down the street. There is. (laughs) Okay, there is one. Thank you. you. Do you guys eat fried chicken in Italy? Uh, Alessia? Definitely not. No? no. What sort of chicken do they eat in Italy? We just uh, eat 
grilled chicken, that's what we do. I mean, it's really, we don't fry that much, honestly. So my first fried chicken was in U.S. five years ago. So. When, you, when you say the U.S., was it in New Orleans? Yes. Yes. You have to speak because it's radio. What, um, what fried chicken did you eat first? Popeyes? I really, I think so. It was Popeyes. Kathleen, yeah. did you, how did you do that? Well, very carefully. We just, I mean, whoever met anyone who never had fried chicken before, so it became an adventure of experiencing things. And Popeye's was the first, but it wasn't the last. How do you know? How do we know? Because we make sure that we've tried everything so we can choose the best. When I say we choose the best, her favorite, you know? Yes. You have a favorite fried chicken now that you live here? Um, Not really. I like all of them. Okay, so let's just talk about how you really met for real then. So you're, oh. playing, you're playing this game online called Second Life. It's not a game, though, is it? Can you describe for us what Second Life actually is? Well, I will describe it to you, but the first time I heard it described, it kind of blew my mind. And I think you have to classify it as an online video game, but I wasn't playing. I was working online. I have a marketing company, mm-hmm. and a lot of companies were... Um, looking into Second Life, including Apple and BMW and Sony Music. In fact, Regina uh, Spector credits a lot of her uh, rise to fame by being um, on Second Life. So you haven't actually told us what Second Life is, though. When you say on Second Life, what is it? It's just like real life, but it's all online. You 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 sign on. I know this is sound weird, but... And when I first heard it, I thought... You ever heard of it, Ben? You ever heard of Second Life? I'm afraid I haven't. Judy, have you ever heard of it, even? No, I haven't. As a... Not Josh, yet. Josh, Josh has heard of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so go on. Okay. You sign on. You sign on. So and far, we're with you. That sounds yeah. easy. And it, you get, you know, you pick a name, and you assign. What was your name, or what is your name? My name is Kate Kobashibi. Kate Kobashibi. I know. Okay. <laughs> and Alessia, you were playing this in Italy at the same time, and yes, in Palermo. Yes. yes, exactly. Okay, and what was your name on Second Life? My <laughs> name was Alicia Kish. Lisa Keish, as in yes. the food. Yes. Okay, so you... And so is this the thing where, like, you know, there's that famous cartoon of a dog, like a big fat dog with fleas online, and he's saying on the internet, no one knows you're a dog? I, I mean, are you, are you, like, pretending you're someone else, like you're fabulously well, I wealthy or something? For me, I, the first time I signed on to Second Life, I thought it was the stupidest thing I had ever seen in the, my life. What changed your mind about it? Well, being in marketing, I felt like... I had to kind of understand what it was all about. I mean, if, if Apple and BMW and Sony thought this was worthwhile, I, who am I to judge this? Even if I don't like it, I've got to figure out if this, is a, if this is a new, innovative, online way to market. So what is actually going on on Second Life? So far, what we've done so far is, is sign in and then right. heard that it was the silliest thing you've ever seen. Yes, but what, basically what it is is that um, it's Linden Labs, I think, who created it. And they have this world, but their, it's, their, their slogan is your world, your imagination. So within the world, you can build anything you want. You can build an island. You can build a country. You can build a dance club. You can build um, a, you know, whatever you want, a beach. or a, we, We've been skydiving online. We've been Skydiving online. That's the, I mean, probably the was, best way to go skydiving. It was a lot about recreating... Um, how the real world looks, but uh, on a virtual platform. So, so it's a fantasy. We, yes, you, you. We used to travel with tele, uh, teleports. Te- teleports, and so you could go. Okay. I know it sounds crazy, but it was actually really fascinating for people who uh, like 
like graphic graphic design, especially right. three dimensional. It was really interesting to see how people were rebuilding stuff like that. What, like, what were you uh, doing in Palermo at the time? Were you at the time, I was just uh, uh, getting off from my old job because uh, uh, right before that, I was moving. I was living in Torino, so the north of Italy, and then I moved back in Sicily and looking for something. Something what, new to do, what, honestly. What, what had you been doing? But I mean, in Torino. Hmm. Uh, I was working, actually, for uh, one of the Alfa Romeo's, Alfa Romeo's factories. So. Were you making cars? Uh, parts. You're on the assembly line? Yes. So you're like, you're like a car manufacturer, whatever that's called. Uh, Auto worker. You're an Italian yes. auto worker. Yes, kind of. I wow. mean, in Italy, in Italy, actually, just going from uh, something to something else, I mean, just because there is a big percentage of unemployment, so you have to kind of uh, get whatever you can get. So I, I, I did so many different things. So that was one of the last before I moved in the U.S. And that was considered a really great job. Before that, she was a private investigator. Yes, I did that too. <laughs> Why did you give up private investigation for the auto working world? <laughs> I don't think you should tell that story. I don't think I should tell you. That story. I will. I will tell you. It has to do with the reputation of how Italian men are. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anybody want to have a guess at that, Judy? Well, Italian men are. How, how are they? Tell they, us. They're, they come on to you. They hit on you a lot. Oh, they do. <laughs> so she she, she left the job because her boss was hitting on her. Oh, your boss was hitting on you. Well, that's not that yeah. unusual even in the United States. Yeah. I mean, in Italy, it's kind of a very common it's thing. It's very common. It happens all the time. So. And not just because me, but with everybody, honestly. Did, did you tell me you're gay? Yes, and that made everything worse, because at that point, he was uh, really obsessed with me. Really? Yes. It made him more obsessed with you? Yes. What do you uh, think that was all man. about? I think, I don't know. They, I mean, men think... You that, tell us, please. Yes, actually, you should be like, you should telling us. Well, Ben, you're a guy, right? Yes. If a woman tells you she's gay, what sort of message does that give you? Oh, that she's gay. It doesn't, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean try harder, does it? Uh, not for me. Mitch? Ben is a very perceptive man, though. <laughs> Mitch, what do you think? Well, I've had my, my experience where... I, well, it's too long of a story. Oh, come on. Let's just say, uh, yeah, you just let it go. What, what happened but, to you? What's your story? No, well, my story... You know, you know the person, too, is that she, she says that I made her gay. Well, that was. Oh, oh man. That <laughs> sounds like a whole other show. I think we should devote the rest of the hour to that story. <laughs> to that sentence. Well, I'm that sure was... this isn't Dr. Phil. <laughs> well, we can drift into that, that oh, area. Let's, let's not. Okay. Well, that was a woman that you were living with, Mitch, that decided she was then gay. But, but yeah. I don't think yes. you could say that you drove a gay. You uh, don't agree with that, do you? It's kind of a joke. She's like, it's, it's for comedic purposes. Right. Or, who knows? You have to get her on the show and ask her. Okay. Okay, so, right. so we're making very slow progress towards you two actually meeting. What, I, what I'd like to know is how come Ben and Judy, you guys have never actually met? Seeing ben, but you we've spoken a... on the phone and we've emailed because uh, in relation to Judy's father, right. Benny Spellman, who sang the identifying opening lick on Ernie Cato's mother-in-law. When you ask people about Ernie Cato's song, Mother-in-Law, they always respond by singing Benny Spellman's part, not Ernie Cato's part. Wow. Yeah, and there it is. Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. 
Now that's Ernie singing now. Yes. But the other voice, the voice that in, kicks off the record is Judy's father. Is your dad. Ernie's that's right. <laughs> Benny Spellman. And he was a musician working in New Orleans in the 60s. In the 60s, that's right. And uh, took a hiatus to do uh, beer sales. God, listen to did, this voice. Did a great job at it and became general manager because he raised so much funds selling beer, obviously. And so then he decided to come back in back around 78 and so made another uh, connection into the marketplace. And when did, Ben, when did it, um, Ernie Cato record Mother Ernie? When was recorded it? it in 1960, but it wasn't released until 1961. And Benny Spellman also did records of his own, under his own name, right. uh, for minute records produced by Alan Toussaint, such as Lipstick Traces and Fortune Teller, among but, others. But this, this incident, when this was recorded, he was sitting around, they, were, they had like a bunch of guys who recorded together at... Well, the way I heard it, and I don't know if this is true, is that they, someone else was supposed to do that intro part and didn't do a very good job, and Benny Spellman jumped in and said, I can do that. Now, that just might be legend. But yeah, he, he, he mentioned the fact to me that uh, he was just hanging out with the guys, right. you know, and then one thing led to the next. Right, yeah. and he was on many, many uh, records as both a backup singer and... Uh, and a featured artist and performed. Uh, you know, when I was doing research on this book, his name came up a lot. I saw a lot of ads uh, for shows that he was on with Ernie Cato and Aaron Neville and Irma Thomas. And so he's definitely a very important figure in this whole story. An integral, integral figure, I would say. Did you, were you, was he famous when you were growing up? Actually, he was. Uh, my mother also is a gospel pianist and singer. So we had the gospel on one side, the rhythm and blues on the other. So it made quite interesting of growing up uh, in New Orleans. So you grew up in New Orleans in the 60s. How old were you in this, without giving away your age? I was a little Today, girl. Course, just I was a little girl. Right. And I'm and still a little girl in many so ways. So what was it like being, living with someone who was really famous? In this? Uh, he was just, I can just remember him just loving people so much and wanting to give that talent. As a matter of fact, uh, he was in Pensacola and stopped to help uh, some singers, Huey Piano Smith. Yeah. They had broken down in Pensacola. And so Benny offered to get them back to New Orleans so that they could complete a gig, and they wouldn't have made it. And the next thing you know, Benny was on the set performing, yeah. and I think and that was moved, the beginning of it. And he moved here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was living in Pensacola before that? Yes, he was originally from there. Were you born in Pensacola, or were you born here? I was born here. Uh, they met at Southern University. He was a football star. And Your dad was a football star, and then yeah. he was an entertainer. Yes. Wow. Doesn't and get much Kato, better. Kato was that. a good athlete, too. He played basketball. Cato started off as a basketball player in school? Well, not professional, but he played. He sponsored his own team at the YMCA on Dryad Street. Right. There's a picture in my book of him uh, playing basketball. Uh, there is. There's some great pictures in the book. of uh, he, he sponsored this whole basketball team. There's great stories you tell in the book of, of how he paid for everybody. Very generous guy. Yes. Did, like you, he, you must have met Cato when you were growing up. Absolutely. I would actually hang out over there at the uh, Cato Lounge. Oh, okay. And had an opportunity to be there the night that they inducted Benny. And I think it was Alan Tucson oh, in the right, Rhythm right, Blues right. Hall of Fame. Right. I think right. I saw you there. No, because you there? no, because I was out of town. I wanted to go, but they didn't okay. announce it. If they'd announced it a little sooner, I would have changed my schedule. It was in August, right? Like a yes. hot, hot night in August. It certainly was. I was yeah, I missed it by a day or two. Okay. Regretfully. It was the evil twin but brother. Congratulations. Yeah. 
hey, listen, why don't we... And you've had a career as a... I mean, you have a career as a singer as yes, well. I, I guess you didn't yes, have much choice. Yes, I do. Of course, started in uh, church as a little girl with my mom. And uh, Which church did you sing? Uh, there's a little church out in an area called Shrewsbury. If you know where Oshner is, the main campus, it's right down the street, literally. Tommy Ridgely was from Shrewsbury. Um, there were several This is a them. part of New Orleans. Part of New Orleans. That's a part I've never even heard of. And so it's at the foot of Causeway. Yeah. Okay. Causeway you know that Kathleen is a new woman there? Yep, I know exactly. Shrewsbury. Yes. Okay. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a new CD, all original music that is getting ready to launch. I was flown to Germany twice. We've just completed 13 original songs. Why do you have to go all the way to Germany to make a gospel record? Well, I network because I did 30 years of medical sales. Did you? And after doing the medical sales thing, I was kind of like the singing sales rep. Everywhere I would go, I would sing to the doctors and the patients. Is that and true? So, Are you that's making great. that up? No, no, no. That's Real great. story. What, Real would you, story. <laughs> what would you sing to a doctor? Oh, of course, fortune teller, lipstick traces. You just go into a doctor's <laughs> office and start singing it. I went to the fortune teller. I had my fortune read. I didn't know what to tell her. I had a dizzy feeling in my head. Should I go on? And yes. what would you? Please, awesome. please do go on. And what would you follow that with? How about buying some minoxidil? Well, they would literally say, "Judy, we're already using your product because you've what got a good product." What was the product? I started with Bristol Myers, ended with uh, Biotech. It was a uh, focused product for patients with renal failure. Believe it or not, renal failure. What renal is that? Failure. Exactly. Kidneys. Renal failure. Kidneys. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yes. Kidney failure product. Exactly. And oh, that sounds horrible. Sure. And as you know, in New what? Orleans, we have a high uh, level of patients with issues of that sort. So. I do, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, why is that? Because we drink too much or is that oh, kidney? We do everything too much. Is that yes, a, that's do. a liver problem. That's cirrhosis of the liver from drinking. What causes kidney failure? Uh, hypertension, typically. Diabetes is secondary. And most of our people in this area who get it have both. We have wow. hypertension, which is what? High blood pressure. High blood pressure. Sure. And diabetes. Yes. And high blood pressure was the name of a record by Huey Smith. It sure Just was. Just to bring it full circle. It sure was. Yeah. Yes. Well, you, you ever sing that one? As a matter of fact, I have the article, literally, a uh-huh. 1978 article with me today that oh, highlights to that. exactly what you just referenced. Oh, okay. Not yeah. about actual high blood pressure, but about the Huey Smith record. Yes. Blood pressure. Huey Smith Let's, Judy, why don't you play something for us right now, sing something. We've got Josh over here with a beautiful looking guitar. Yes, I'd like to thank you. Plugged in. Thank Come you. on, Josh. Okay, what do you want to play? Why don't we do the blues? A little blues. Okay. Check it out. Judy Spellman. Josh Stockman. Come on, Josh. Hey. And everybody, you can help me with some snapping if you'd like. Come on. Ain't nothing but the blues, y'all. traveling 
Never know when you'll be around. Yes, you're a bad mellow fellow, and you're stubborn as a mule. You love me like an angel, and you treat me like a fool. Don't want no trouble, babe. Hey, I gotta be the boss. Any time I'm ready, I can tell you, baby, get lost. Hey, 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 yeah. Okay. Now that's not easy to do. If you just if you listen to the show somewhere else and you don't know what it looks like here at the Collins Hotel, we're sitting around a tiny little table. We were basically on top of each other. We're shoulder to shoulder, and just to be able to rip loose like that—that's. Are you feeling okay? Great. <laughs> Great. Well, that's that amazing. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Wow. Nicely wow. done. Good job. How do you feel when you're singing that? Are you aware of all of us staring at you? You know, I am, but it it takes me to another place. And the place is that spiritual kind of connection that you make when you sing. It's, a, it's an opportunity to be able to connect people. And it's all about love, as you know. Wow. So mm. when you can spread love through music, it's the ultimate. To me. Okay. Yeah. What about spreading love through the internet? Uh, that's actually the slogan Kathleen. of our restaurant. It's all about love. That your restaurant is Nona Mia on yeah, Esplanade that's Avenue. Our, that's, that's your yes, slogan. It's all about slogan, love. And yeah. what's that, Alicia, in Italian? It's all about love. Tutto a che fare con l'amore. Wow. Oh, that sounds much nicer. <laughs> Doesn't it? Everything Say it sounds again. Better. Tutto a che fare con l'amore. Everything does sound better in Italian, Kathleen. I know. Do you, Is that how you fell in love? Was it the Italian-ness? Um, well, it didn't hurt. I'll tell you that. Um, I think when you fall in love, it comes from a greater place. And there's, you don't plan it. And... You know, whoever is orchestrating how you meet, um, we just happen to meet very uniquely. Well, we, so far we've got to sign in, remember? Yeah. We'd signed into Second yeah. Life, which was the silliest thing you'd oh, ever yeah. seen. But if BMW, Sony, and somebody else thought it was right. great, it must be great. And then Alessia had just lost her job as an auto worker. She left a job. Left a job and as an auto moved worker. Back home. And so she signed on to Second Life because she had nothing better to do. Right. Apparently, I was right? taking a break. Taking a break from yes. reality. Having just a little right. bit of fun. So you're on an alternative world in Second Life. Yes. And, and Kathleen, you were messing around because you had a marketing company and you were checking it out. So I, how... So now we're on Second Life and, and you're building an island or some crazy thing like that? No, I, what I did is I, I took a weekend to um, kind of immerse myself in the culture. Because remember, I thought it was stupid. Hey, a weekend is long enough to immerse yourself right. in any culture, right? <laughs> but I mean, yeah. 17 hours online. 17 hours. Talking to, a day, talking Hi. to people. And it was okay. really, it's like learning a language. You just kind of had to immerse yourself in the culture. Okay, now, how did you, Alessia, what are, and at the same time, you, you, were just, well, you, you weren't on for 17 hours a day, though, right? No. I mean, not all 17 hours altogether, but I, I was online a lot. A lot. Because it, it's like a new... It's, an, it's like a drug. It's, yes. It's and, a new philosophy, a new lifestyle. Uh, there you can be whatever you like. What did, you, what did you like? What was, who was Alicia Keish? I was actually... <laughs> I was pretty happy with what I was in real life. So I wasn't kind of... I wasn't faking anything. Was Alicia you know, Keish an Italian auto worker, for example? N- no, I was actually, <laughs> my <laughs> first job, because you have to get a job on Second Life so you can make money, you can buy yourself clothes and stuff. So you can you buy okay. hair and cool clothes and islands yes. and a house. And making yourself looking always okay. better. 
So what was your so first job on Second Life? I was a dancer in okay. the club. Here we go. Now mm. we're getting somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's okay. not how I met her. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. What attracted you to being a dancer in a club? Uh, that was the only job that somebody offered to me. So I wanted to make money okay. on Second Life. And I said, okay, I'll take that job so I will learn more about Second Life. You meet some so, interesting people in a club. Yes, and they were telling me... When you me, say dancer, was it a strip club? Kind of, too. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't... It, when it was, you say kind it, of. It could have been. Could it be? I mean, it depends. You, because, uh, depends on whether you take your clothes off or not. No, it's a, it was... Okay, let me just intervene here. It was more like pole dancing, you know, like oh, you do at a cage or whatever. Oh, did did they wear a little bit of clothes? Yes, but yes. It, was, it, it wasn't like why, a Why are you holding club. your breasts when you say that exactly? No. Oh, you weren't. That was I, just no, my, was an accident. My watch was caught in the wire. Oh, my watch was caught in the wire. Yeah. Okay. okay, I see. Um, so you're a dancer on Second Life. Yes. Okay, and what are you? And Kathleen, you're just hanging out looking professionally because no, you have a marketing company. Right. What I, BMW must be. What doing. I had done is after I learned the culture and I understood how it worked, what I did is I went to work building a um, a, a school, and I also went to work. Um, creating Fashion Week and, and other organizations. There's a lot of non-profit fundraising, so we, we're doing some of that. All on Second Life. All on Second Life. In yes. fact, more people donate online than they do in real life. That's a statistical What are you fact. donating? Actual money? Then? Yes. Yes. We, um, you can also actually... Now, that's one of the worst parts of Second Life. But you can also gamble on Second Life and make money. And real same money? Way, real so, money? Yes. Some people yes. make a real living on Second Life making over $100,000 a year. From um, home? From, from home. And, and I want to say wow. there's, okay. there's wow. two... Make cl- over $100,000 a year from home. And there's two classes of people. People Show either recreate up, their real life on Second Life, and right. so they become successful in the things that they're successful in, in real life, or... They create a fantasy life that they can't have. So, like, there's um, they have articles about people who are in wheelchairs that, for the first time, they feel like they have the the whole, a full functioning body mm-hmm. because they're walking and they can run and they can. I mean, it's really it can really. You know, you know, you saw the movie Avatar. Was it Avatar with yes. Bruce Willis? No, no, that's um, surrogate, surrogate or Avatar, yeah. either one. But you get so used to. I mean, you get so conditioned with relating to people through this other thing. It can be really real. It's um, and I very rarely. I mean, I was on second. I haven't been on Second Life in five years now. But I guess you can't go on because what if you meet somebody else now? Well, it depends on what your morals are in online. Oh. They should be the same thing in real life. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I would never. Well, why can't you could, go back on? No time. I, I, it's not interesting to me. And also, I would think at this point, Second Life is a little bit passe. When we when we met, it was in two thousand and five. I What's, think its peak was in 07. But now technology is getting bigger and bigger. Soon it's going to be, you're not going to sign on and look at a computer. Soon you're going to walk into a room and you're going to have a virtual world with monitors on every wall. We've been hearing that for years. I mean, that's never coming. It's coming. This hologram world that we're all supposed to be able to virtual where we walk into and we can... Uh, It is closer than you think, I think. Is it, really? Yes, I really believe that. Do you know anything about that, Ben? You're agreeing. I don't know anything (laughs) about it. I I don't know anything about it No, I was just shaking my head ruefully. Okay. 
So that's coming. We're eventually going to have this world where we can actually put on something and walk into it, and it's going to be real, and we can watch a football game and right in front of us. And I think I think I think it's. And everything. I mean, you, just think about how fast technology is yeah, unfolding. We've been, but we've been hearing about this hologram reality, this 3D world for yeah. forever, for 20, 30 years. Well, they have 3D TV out now, yeah, and no they one's have... got one because apparently it sucks. Well, it, it did suck. We just tried right. it last week, and we thought yeah, it, it sucks, had improved right. completely. We thought it sucked oh, two months ago. Good. And now it's good in two yeah. months. Now, I mean, could okay. it be better? Yes, but, I did mean, you, did you buy look it? at the cell phones that we had that were, you know, like a suitcase, right. and now they're like nothing. Did you, did you buy a 3D TV? No, uh-uh. Oh, so it can't be that good. I'm not, I, 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 I but I, and what I'm saying is that you got, those are those people who are just pushing the envelope. It's going to get that good. Right. But anyway, you've given up on Second Life now because it's boring and passe. What's the Italian word for passe? Um, uh, we'll say passe as well. In Italy. It would be the yes. same word. Or we'll say demode, or, I mean, I guess we adopted some French words for that. Yeah. So there's some French words in Italian as well. So when you came here, did you speak English? Not at all. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. Zero. Actually, I. I can only uh, I could only say yes at the time. So <laughs> Which I, that's, all. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all you need. Unless, you, unless yeah. your boss is hitting on you. It worked. It worked really well for me. Just that, saying yes. That it caused a few problems too. But other you, than did that, did you speak Italian, Kathleen? Uh, just a little bit. I hate to ask this because I know this is going to have a stupid answer as well as this being a stupid question. But what language are you talking on Second Life? Well, she was learning English on Second Life. And Not so, too well, apparently. But mm, on Second Life at the time, at the beginning, Second Life was just about typing. And after a few years, yes. You have to type in a language, though. Uh, yes, but uh, of course, my, my, I was trying to write things. So I was trying to read what people was writing to me and using the same words, trying to make sense. And what, using were they asked, what were they writing to you? Hey, my pole dance. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. At some point, I, I, I mean, so many times I didn't have any idea about what people were telling me. So you, you were just saying yes. I guess that was the right thing. Just to say, say yes. I guess just say yes is a pretty good. Um, it's a pretty good philosophy in life, wouldn't you say, yeah. Ben? Yes. <laughs> Judy. Absolutely. Mitch. Yes. Mitch, would you like to play something? Yes. Okay. I think you guys are going to enjoy this now. We're going to have a song from Mitch Foreman on uh, piano. It's a song called Moments Notice. Okay.
Thank what you. a workout, Mitch. Beautiful. Uh, I guess you've been like bottled up for the last two weeks without doing a show. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've been truthfully, I've been playing B three organ for the last couple of weeks. Ah, so it's a whole like, different technique. Well, it's just got me. Pl- I don't know. It's, I haven't been playing much piano, so it's. So you had to let it all out. I had to let all the piano skills fly. That was great. That was a beautiful piece, Mitch. Did you, did you write that, or what is that? No, it's an old standard, and, and I'm. Uh, I should have researched who wrote it. I've forgotten. Ben will tell us for sure. I know who not. I've heard right. it, but I don't recognize who wrote it. It sounds maybe vaguely Thelonious Monk, but I could be totally yeah, wrong. No, I don't think it's Thelonious Monk, but... Someone uh, in that uh, Herbie Hancock, can, maybe? There's yeah. not much that Ben Samuel doesn't know there's about. A, there's, there's, found, a, there's, <laughs> a lot, there's a lot I don't know about music. There's one a thing. Lot. Well, you can all look it up on... What's it called? Moment's Notice. Someone will Moments look it up notice. for us. One of, one of our people will look it up for us. You're sitting around the table at the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. Ben Sandmel is author of the Cato book called Ernie Cato. Ernie Cato, the R&B Emperor of New Orleans, available at the website www.erniecatobook.com. Erniecatobook.com. I have spell, to say that. How do you spell Ernie Cato book with a dash? K dash No, no. E-R-N-I-E-K-D-O-E-B-O-O-K. Published by the... Historic New Orleans Collection. And there's a link to that web on our website as well. Oh, great. Our other guests sitting around the table are Kathleen Turpel and Alicia Lepanto, who met online and still haven't quite told us where exactly they met. Judy Spellman is my guest as well, and we're here at the Collins Hotel. If you're listening to the show outside of New Orleans and you're coming to visit us, if you're uh, looking for something to do while you're here or you need a hotel, a tour or tips on what to spend your time doing, check in with our friends at neworleans.com, the official New Orleans travel site. So, Ben. Yes. I've actually read that book. Oh, good. Yes. There's very, thank few, you. There's very little research I do for the show, but I did actually read that. Well, thank uh, you. It's a fabulous book. It's extremely well written. Thank you. It really is. I just have one question to ask you about it. Why Ernie Cato? Well, he was a great musician. He was a fascinating character. He opened a window on many fascinating characters of New Orleans and... Brought a lot of people a lot of happiness. You know, you mentioned his name. Most people smile. Mm-hmm. And there's just all the energy around him and the people he interacted with and the whole scene that he lived in, the combination of it, I thought merited being documented in a book. It's a huge amount of work to write a book. It is. Did you know that when you started out? This is not your first book. It's not my first book. But, this, is, this is the first but big this book. One, well, this one took a lot more research than the previous one. So I was working on this over a period of 10 years, doing other things. But mm, it was over a wow. period of 10 years I was working on it. did about 200 interviews, went through a lot of microfilm and archival material and a lot of late nights just Googling around the Internet, finding some, some very interesting stuff sometimes. You found, I mean, there's, the book is, it's a, it's a fascinatingly written book because it doesn't take you from the day Cato was born to the day Cato was di- died. Well, that, that would be much too linear yeah, for a book some, about a guy like him. Because he is sort of a crazy person. But the book, well, I don't say crazy, but he just moved, followed his own path. You, know. you don't think he was uh, technically had some sort of mental problem? Well, who doesn't? Well put. You know. <laughs> I, I, per- I don't. Do you? I don't. I have plenty of no. them, man. Do you I've, got, have? I've got DSM codes, you know, into next month, man. No, he had his quirks, his foibles, his peccadillos. He was so eccentric that he actually called himself Emperor of the Universe. I think actually Jay Munkadee gave him that name. <laughs> Speaking of eccentric. Well, there you go. There's it. But no, he was eccentric and he would seem crazy sometimes. And I think he was a little delusional and a little narcissistic if you, if you want to get medically technical but 
a lot of that he put on because it was a good ploy to advance his career. And a lot of the musicians that I interviewed said Cato wasn't crazy. He was crazy like a fox. And right. he would turn that crazy act on and off at will. So, he, And he was a, a highly intelligent guy and, and a very nice guy, too. So you spent a lot of time with him when he was alive. I did, I did. So he had his crazy side, and he would look you in the eye and, and tell you that they were about to put his picture on a box of Wheaties. And he didn't mean one box of Wheaties. He meant <laughs> millions of them. But um, Did he believe that at the time? Or well, he... that's the fascinating thing about him. You never could tell if he believed it or if there was kind of an implied nudge and a wink. That's the difference between a crazy person and a salesperson. Well, there's a fine line there you're talking Judy, about. Judy, you're a salesperson. Not, not to cast any aspersions on you, but yeah. yeah. You have to have the same level of commitment, right? Yes. Certain intensity. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Did you, you have understand? to really believe that you were selling the finest renal failure equipment in the world to sell it? I think that when you put people first, then everything else follows, right? Yeah. Sure. Right. Think about that. Yep. Medical products come and go. I, I think it's the ones that really make the difference in terms of developing something that's going to be worthwhile, so... Well, I would think in medical products, if it saves your life, it's probably good. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. it's selling a record, who knows? Yeah. Well, some you might think that the record saved your life. It could or it be. cheered you up, or it might have uh, uh, created a love connection or some pivotal event in your life. What do you think Cato thought of you? You know, that's a good question. Uh, nobody asked me that. I think he liked me. He asked me slash told me to write a book about him. Did he really? <laughs> and his wife said that he was very comfortable with me, but I don't know exactly what he thought of me. You know, I guess he thought I was all right because he didn't mind talking to me. Did he think you, you were his ticket to f more fame because you were going to write a book about him? Or? Well, possibly, but uh, not long after he asked or told me to write the book, he passed away, so I don't know. But um, that, uh, I'm sure he was not averse to getting his name out there. I'll put it Put it that way. But he wasn't telling everyone to go write a book about him. No. Uh -uh. He didn't no. tell you and how No, other and, guys. and Antoinette actually told other people not to write a book about him because I was writing a book about him. Mm. So, so other people were thinking about it. But you Apparently. Were, you, were, you were very instrumental in the early days in bringing Cato back from total obscurity. And he, he was basically down on his luck. And you started writing about him. I well, think. I wrote an, a, a big article about him for Gambit. It was a cover story. I went up to D.C. with him and Eddie Bowe and their band and wrote an article called Mr. Cato Goes to Washington. And uh, Michael Tisserand, my good friend, made, made that the cover story for that issue. And it was from there that I decided to write the book. So What year was that? The article came out in 1999. And then it was a couple months before Cato died in 2001. I think we're, I was just sitting over there at the bar, the mother-in-law lounge, just the two of us, and out of nowhere, he said, you need to write a book about me. So I said, yes, sir. But in those, two years, in those two years, he'd gone, as I remember it, I don't know if you guys remember this, but he seemed to be sort of completely disappeared at that point when, when you wrote that article. He wasn't a hipster. He wasn't doing anything. He was well, his, he's actually, um, the person who really brought him back is his wife, who literally picked him up out of the gutter and opened a venue for him to perform because everyone was scared to book him because he might not show up or he might show up drunk. So his wife would really get the lion's share of the credit. You know, for one thing, marrying a guy who was in such bad shape, and he was in terrible shape. And uh, What year did they get married? Uh, 94, 95. And weaning him off the alcohol, if not 100%, at least to the point where he didn't do drunk gigs or show up for gigs drunk. 
and opening this bar, and she was the one who really, really pushed him. But, you know, it's possible that the things I wrote helped uh, a bit, but I'd say most of that push came from her. For instance, if she had not opened the mother-in-law lounge and I, and I hadn't started going there, then I wouldn't have, none of this would have happened. I had heard his shows on WWOZ, which are legendary. He would play his own records and scream over them about yeah. what a genius he was. Yeah. Right. But uh, it wasn't until I got to know him by going to the lounge that all this developed, and, and she's responsible for that. So I'm glad if I helped some, but I, I wouldn't take you know, an excessive amount of credit for it. I think you definitely have can take some credit. Oh, for I'll, take for sure. some. I'll take and some. I'll take some. Now that yeah. you've written, the, oh, now yeah. you've written the definitive book, you've taken all the credit for what comes on. You know, when it comes to Ernie Cato, I wrote the book. <laughs> right on, you did. <laughs> you absolutely have written the book. I've been saving that. <laughs> so, Alessia, I can't yes. hold it up to the microphone can, and show. Not, well, no, it's on no. our website. No. Anyone okay. can click on it and go buy it. I'm it's, just kidding. It's, and it's a, it really is a fantastic. I'm not just saying that. It oh, really I'm, is an excellent book. Well, thank you. I'm, and, I'm very happy with the way it turned and, out. Yeah, it turned, and it looks beautiful too. And it's a real coffee table oh, size. Oh, it's beautifully book. designed. Beautifully yeah. designed. Who yeah. designed it? Uh, Allison Cody is the name of the designer. Did and, they give you the publisher? Give you a designer, or did you go find Allison Cody? No, she works with them. She does a lot of their work for right. the historic New Orleans collection. So, Alessia. Yes. Ka- Kathleen shows up. Yes. In Palermo. Mm-hmm. What, what? How did that? First of all, I mean, we we can't go through every single detail about how you met because apparently you're not going to tell us. Where, where in Second Life did you meet, Kathleen? Cough up. Uh, uh, we can tell you the details. Um, Alessia, after she had a, a luminous career as a pole dancer, um, which is a beginner job, easy to get, she became an amazing builder. In Second Life. Awesome. So she had an amazing, she built crazy dance clubs and she had a clothing line that was killer. Yes. And I mean, uh, so I mean, you she did was, very well on Second Life. I'm, I love graphic, graphic design, so I just used it as much as I could. And there. were you making real money there? Yes. A lot. How'd yes. you get, you made a lot of money? Yes. Um, I also, I mean, yeah. I, I will say one of my computers I bought it with the money that I made on Second Life. I just wanted to buy with that money just mm-hmm. to see it physically. Right. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I was working. And then uh, when we met, she was uh, uh, actually planning on building school on Second Life. Right. So I hired yes. her to, to design the school. Now, did you know you were both women? Yes, you because you have women's names. And we, <laughs> we did, women. You know, you never know who you're talking to. You weren't sure. No, I, you don't believe anyone online when you <laughs> listen. Write that down. Don't believe anyone that you meet online. Right. Ben, write that down. <laughs> Judy, <laughs> write a were, book on that. Ben. Did you? What, so, what did you know about each other when you were just avatars, Alicia Keish and? <laughs> What was your name? What was I can't remember. Well, she was really annoying to me. She was she was playing and I was working, and that often got we. I mean, she, to me, she, it appeared very obnoxious. So I had to have. Um, What's the Italian word for obnoxious? Mm, <laughs> fastidiosa. Fastidiosa. Yes. So you've done pretty well in five years of being in New Orleans to learn English. To translate the word obnoxious, that's pretty I, I impressive. I guess so, I guess so. And I think a lot of people I've listening been... to us don't know what obnoxious even means. So, <laughs> good job. Yes, thank you. That's impressive. How did you, so you learned English just by listening here? Yes. Since you got to New Orleans? Yes, of all places. yes. And working, how did you, okay, so let's just get, okay, so you go to Italy. It, we'll just jump, cut to the chase. So, so anyway. You built I the Aveda school together. I hired her and I had to have a, a, what I call a come to Jesus talk going, look, I'm here to work, you're here to play. 
I'm not going dancing. I'm not doing all this stuff. I'm, I'm trying to get something done. And all of a sudden, that created a real conversation instead of this... What language are we talking here, though? Well, she's typing yes. in English yes. because it's yes. much easier to... With, with typing in English, you can translate on Google. You can, she's learning English. Oh, that's how you did it? You did Google Translate? Just... I, I guess Google works really well. I mean, that's what I was using because... So you were I, typing I in speak... Italian and it would translate it into yes. English. Yes. But I think anyone who's learned a language will tell yes. you it's easier to read the language than listen and converse okay. in it. Okay. So she's writing. So that's basically what it is. And we have a real conversation and a real connection comes up and we start to talk. And then I'm like, I don't, this online thing is not okay with me. I want to meet you in real life. And she's like, okay. And then she said, I said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming to Europe when you want to do it. I know. Were you going anyway? Uh, yes. Or did I was, you just say that? No. So it doesn't seem so creepy. <laughs> no, I no. I she said, does everything she says. <laughs> no, but did, you were going to Europe anyway, so you just thought I'd stop off in Palermo and meet this. Did you both know you were no, gay I, I, at the I, time? Were you both gay at the time? Yes, you were gay too. So, did you know that about each other at the time? Well, it, it came up in the conversation. Yes. Okay. What's Italian for gay? Then? Gay. Same word. <laughs> That's How hard weird. is that? That's funny. <laughs> Italians are copycats. <laughs> Don't you think there'd be an Italian word for that? There is, there is Italian words for it, right? Yes. I mean, but we, honestly, we, what we use today will be gay. That's more right. common. We don't want to go too technical. You know? But has that spread around the world, the word gay? Has that become, yeah, has that become so. the yes. word for gay everywhere? Well, I, I, mean, I, I How funny that that's the one word that we all agree on. That means something. Well, I think there's a few others, too. I think. What's another one? Sandwich. I think that's international. <laughs> Car. Car? Car trans. trans. No, there's... Other oh, car in different languages. Anyone like a drink? Yes, come in. I think everyone needs a drink here right now. I think okay. Judy, we'll be, what are you drinking? You need okay, anything? Yeah. I'm good. You good, Ben? You want? Do you have any non-alcoholic beer? Yeah, we have Bex. I'll take that. Bex, non-alcoholic. Please, Alicia, what would you like to drink? Anything? Uh, you stick we'll with that? It. Yes. Kathleen? I'm good. Everyone's Thank you. good. What is it? Gin and tonic or something? Yes. Very nice. Okay. You used to work at Gambit, didn't you? I did. did. Okay, that's where I know. I was trying I know. to figure where I remembered your name from. I was there when you did that story for Ernie Cato, which was okay. amazing. Okay. Interesting. Yes, totally. It's all coming back to me now. It's all connected. It's, it's all connected. actually it's really is. strange how everybody at this table knows each other. It's, it's almost like it's second life. It's a very life. small town. <laughs> it is a very small town. Very small okay, town. Okay, listen, we have to move right along here and... Judy, get you to play something else. Okay, great. What are you thinking of playing? We're going to do uh, Judy's version of Summertime. Wow, okay. Let me just get hooked up here. Summertime And the living Jumping and the cotton grows high. My dad is rich. Lord and my mommy's. Good looking. 
Hotel. Amazing. Do you uh, do you practice singing at home in your apartment or house or wherever you live? Everywhere. And Believe it or not, I still I still sing gospel. I performed last night at a revival. Why would right you think that would be hard to believe that? Yeah. Well, and, and where do you, do you? I mean, do you sing like this at home in your living room, or where do you? Uh, well, my the normal place that you can actually see me periodic about once a month is the Bombay Club. Ah. And so I'm sure you're familiar with it in the Prince Conti Hotel, and also from time to time at Cafe Amelie. But I do lots of weddings, parties, banquets, and we can create everything from one instrument with me and Josh all the way up to nine musicians in, uh, with background singers, whole nine yards. So the album, as well as the CD, as I mentioned, is going to be in vinyl. Uh, we are actually going through production right now in Cologne, Germany. 
Right. And uh, that will launch. And when it does launch, I will actually go to the Netherlands, to Paris, uh, to Rome, and all over Germany doing this CD. And the, the wonderful thing about it, it's sort of New Orleans themed. Will it be available in New Orleans? Yes, it will be. Okay. Yes, it will be. What's it going to be called? Actually, they are developing that as we speak. But one of the songs I can mention to you that I helped to create the lyric on was a little tune called the Shrewsbury Beat. Yeah. It'll get you up on your feet. <laughs> Tommy originally had a song called Shrewsbury Blues way, yes. way back. We literally, my dad and Tommy were best friends back in the day. Okay. He and was a nice guy, Tommy. Wonderful guy. And his brother actually is Sammy. still, Sammy, still uh-huh. around with the Untouchables. Uh-huh. And so we all grew up together. You know how New Orleans is. We're all related, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, with the launch of that, and hopefully as t- time progresses, my whole focus is to maybe do festivals one day. Uh, so I'm focused on um, Martinique, Toronto. I'm focused on Martinique as well. When do we go there? Well, the bass player is literally from Martinique via Paris. And so we're in the process of working on those things. So the next time nice. around, just get your uh, passport ready for... I'm ready to go. <laughs> so how did you open this restaurant known to me on Esplanade Avenue, Kathleen and Alicia? You, you were uh, making money at... Second, Second Life, Life building. That was just temporary. That was just fun. Yes. And then Kathleen shows up and says, you need to and learn to speak English no, and come she, back with me. No, she didn't tell me to learn English. She just asked me if I wanted to come in the U.S. with her. So, and I said, yes. And I Because it's the only word you know. <laughs> and, 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 Thank goodness. Could, yeah, I could totally say no, but I, I, I wanted to say yes because I wanted to follow mm. her. I wanted and to go with her. Was it love at first sight in, real, in the real world or... Yeah, um, just friends to begin with. We, I, okay, we started loving the way uh, we think, each other think, mm-hmm. uh, because we were talking a lot. So and we couldn't see each other at the beginning. So it was. So you like didn't know what each a, other really looked like. No. Wow, that's amazing. So it's and, like pen pals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so but this uh, is online. Didn't want someone say send me a photo or something. Um, eventually, or get on eventually Skype. you start eventually talking. I mean, typing, and then you start. Going on Skype and seeing each other and trying to. Do you remember the first time you saw each other on Skype? Yes. Yes, I do. What do you What did you think? I I was very I, I was I was amazed. I, I understood that it was going to be something really big in my life. Wow. What did you think, Kathleen? I mean, look at her. I was like, wow, lottery. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but I want to just tell you, it's meeting online and connecting with somebody online, it's really a spiritual experience because it takes away all those physical things that kind of draw you together. And it's a very intense connection that you're just talking and sharing. And, you know, it's pretty powerful. I was, I was surprised myself. I mean, it was like, whoa. But I'm, it was kind of a really cool way to... Get to know each other, and and also I want to say that um, I had I was scared to meet her, not because I didn't want to, but because everything that we were already feeling about each other was so strong, and I was hoping that was going to be the same or bigger. Mm. But you are always before you meet the person, you're always a little bit scared. Like I hope it's going to be as big as that, because if it's not going to be as big, I mean it's going to you know it's going to hurt. Mm. So, but uh, I mean, when we met, it was actually so much better. And how it, romantic, isn't it? Everybody's got a smile on their yes, faces around the table here. It was really romantic. You should be totally uh, 
Jealous of this. I was. <laughs> You're jealous of yourself. I'm jealous of I, myself. Um, well, we, we're running out of time rapidly, but I did want to ask you how you got then. You, you moved here to New Orleans, and yes. why an Italian restaurant? Just because you are Italian, or did you, you have a restaurant before? Either of you didn't sound like it. Um, I want to say that until um, before I moved in the U.S., I didn't know how much I knew about food. <laughs> because uh, in Italy, it's kind of normal, you know, to learn about food. That everybody knows how cooking. So I learned just looking at my father cooking every day. Uh, I learned so much. And then when I moved in the U.S., I, understand, I understood that a lot of people don't know nothing about cooking. I don't know so. anything. Do you know anything? Ben, do you cook for yourself? A bit. What do you like uh-huh. to cook? Oh, omelets, hash browns, salads, brown rice and vegetables. That's that about sounds it. delicious. That sounds good. <laughs> yes. What, what about you, Alicia? Had you, uh, had you cooked uh, what we call Italian food here? Mm-hmm. Is that what you call Italian food in Italy? Yes. The stuff we like? I, I want to say um, I paid more attention on my restaurant because uh, when I moved here and I tried a lot of uh, uh, Italian food, it was good. It was good. But I, I wasn't totally satisfied because it was like American Italian food. Right. You know what I mean? So your restaurant, Nonamia, is Italian Italian food. Yes. Who's, yes. Co- who's cooking it? Italians? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm the only one actually that started sharing all the recipes, my right. father's recipes with all the people that I work with and teaching them how to cook properly Italian food and telling them little secrets about Italian food that I learned from my father. So You guys hungry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got something? Always. <laughs> yes. I think we need to go straight over there to Nona Mia. You guys, thank you so much for joining me thank on you. Happy Hour thank today. Thank you very much. Ben Sanmel. Judy Spellman. Thank you. Alicia, Turpe- Alicia Lepanto. Yes. And Kathleen Turpel have been my guests. On the piano is Mitch Foreman. Our producers of our show are Melinda Hawes, Anush Karun, Trish Kaufman, and Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director. Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden, who's also on Second Life, by the way. <laughs> it's, oh, his, wow. it's his five-year res day today. Wow, happy birthday. happy birthday. The theme to our show was written and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay sober for about an hour, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. You can check out our other happy hours and our other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live at Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. And true to the game, with Chris True and Tammy Nelson all on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We should also say that we were joined today by guitar player Josh Starkman. I'm sorry, Josh, I forgot to mention you. Thank you, Anusha, producer, for pointing at you. And I was wondering whether she was pointing at your head for some reason, but... It was only because I forgot you. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Mitch Foreman on piano, I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour. Happy Hour.